You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is that time of year where I start to get a little bit overwhelmed with everything with the holiday season. And consequently, I need to take a little bit of a break from recording new episodes. So for the next couple of weeks, the next six or seven weeks or so, it will be Encore episodes on Mondays, but I will still be putting new fun facts in on Fridays. And yes, I do realize the irony of making this announcement of taking a break for the winter holiday season right after I just rushed the release of my Norman Rockwell episode to release it on a holiday. This week's rerun is going to be my conversation with Jen Lieben about Barbara Kruger and her classic work encouraging pro-social behavior. Don't be a jerk. Thank you so much. Like I say, I, 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 I always love it when people bring in an artist to me. And, you know, when you suggested like Barbara Kruger, I, I was glad because I, um, I haven't talked about her yet. Oh, know? cool. Um, and I, and I love that you brought in like the, don't be a jerk. Like I said. <laughs> and, and I appreciate that it wasn't like a passive aggressive thing that like, Hey, you're <laughs> asking me to do something at the last minute. I didn't even um, think about it that way, but it's hilarious now that you say that's, it. that's all I can think about. All I can like deep down in my psyche, I, I am analyzing every interaction for why does this person hate me? I relate to that <laughs> so hard. Like you don't even know. I feel like who art Ed. Who art Ed? Mr. Woodhart and me. Yeah. Either way, it, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. I thought it's a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, the podcast where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and joining me today is tech guru extraordinaire, Jennifer Lieben. Thanks for joining me. Hi. Um, so today we are going to be looking at the artwork of Barbara Kruger, a contemporary artist born uh, and raised in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, she was born in 1945 and she attended Syracuse University for, for about a year. And then she left school from what I understand to like take care of her sick father. Then she went to Parsons, um, Parsons School of Design for like a year and a half. She didn't actually like finish her degree from what I understand. Hmm. Um, I remember listening to an interview where she said um, she basically never felt like she fit in into that that art world and that art scene and the <laughs> academia. She felt art school. She felt oh, yeah. like, you know, there was a little bit of pretentiousness. There was a little bit of class issues. Um, she left school basically to make money to help support herself and her family because she she said she got scholarships, but, um, you know, it wasn't wasn't quite cutting the Dijon, you know, so mm-hmm. like she needed that little supplement. And she started off uh, doing freelance work, graphic design, photo editing, editing. She worked at, at magazines and that would that would turn out to be a huge influence in her work later on because she was doing those layouts um, like back in the day. It was literally cutting up 
like dummy text and stuff and laying out the page and like she was gluing it down. All right. Kyle, can I just tell you that I was on my school newspaper and this is yeah. in 1994, 95, and we were still yeah. cutting and gluing stuff for the layout. <laughs> so it <laughs> wasn't that um, well, long ago. No, but like it, it is something that like <laughs> for, for people today to think I about, know. like you weren't laying it out on the computer. And the other thing that I found really interesting, um, I in, in prep for this, I was listening to an interview where she was talking to Jesse Thorne, the Bullseye podcast, and she was talking about how the priorities there um, in the magazine, it was first the page layout, make sure the page layout looks good. Mm-hmm. And then based on that, they would tell the writers, okay, this is your word count that will fit in this space. Oh, wow. So it was like the article was written to fit the space and the aesthetic of the magazine. I kind of love that. <laughs> I, well, I kind of love that, too. It, it makes sense, though, because yeah. the magazine is the magazine was so much about just like the aesthetics and trying to be a vehicle for selling advertisement. Yeah. And you want it all to look pretty. Yeah. Um, like I said, she had that art school background, but also the commercial arts background and practical real world experience, getting eyes to pay attention to the messages in the magazines. Um, she did some work in like the 1960s, like 1969. I think she was she was making work for alternative art spaces and like the New York art scene. Um, and she was very, she's always been very politically active. You know, this is mm. 1960s. We're talking, you know, so. now I'm going to get mixed up on the years of the, the different waves. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Don't test me on that. <laughs> but she was, she, she was definitely very, very much, you know, politically active. And what I find interesting is a lot of her work is political, but it's for the most part raising questions more than mm-hmm. more than like supplying answers. Yeah, it's not um, telling it's, you. It's, yeah, it's asking the viewer to think about things. Um, it's posing the questions in a way that's kind of leading and and making things seem problematic and creating some cognitive dissonance um, or conflicting thoughts in there. But um, but she she's not for the most part like beating you over the head with the message. But her earlier works, um, she was doing a little bit with with different media. Um, it, it, at that time, a lot of people were sort of reevaluating. Um, the crafts that had been so long marginalized. Like I, I was actually just recently teaching a lesson to my students about quilts and how quilt, like quilts were abstract art before abstract art was a term, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and so she was doing things with yarn and ribbon and, you know, sequins and feathers and other materials that, you know, a lot of feminist artists were trying to sort of reclaim that, that notion of crafts and elevate it and show it in galleries and and say this is worthy of respect, um, you know the way that so many terms have been reclaimed by various communities that you know take away the power of the the derision by embracing yes. it. Um, and so so then you know for for a while she was doing that type of work. From what I understand, she she got a little bit tired of doing the paintings and and other 
you know, traditional media. And she she moved to California. She taught at University of California. I believe she still teaches at like UCLA. Yeah. Um, she feels like that's a part of that artistic practice is, you know, being a part of that community and giving back and guiding students and seeing what new generation is creating, um, which I fully love that that notion, the way she put it. And, um, you know, she started taking architectural photographs in like the 70s. And then, you know, in the 80s, she started making the collage pieces that we became so familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, her style, it's typical, like found images. She takes a lot of black and white images, or she turns it to black and white now, mm-hmm. um, and you know gives it that old feel. And then she puts in her lovely sans serif fonts and puts mm-hmm. in the text to to go along with it. Um, I want to s- sort of now shift to looking at a work of art. Um, you you brought up the "Don't Be a Jerk" piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I'm doing so much monologuing, but I, I, I <laughs> want you to feel like you can interrupt any time. It's all right. I I'm was just enjoying like the so, story. Because <laughs> I'm so much the type of person that is like, I just can't have dead space. And, you know, like, I could, but I, like, you know, I, I just always I'm just, you know, interrupt any time because I don't want to be like. Standing right. here. I just don't want to be standing here mansplaining Barbara Kruger <laughs> to you. <laughs> It just hit me. We'll need to do a like. We'll need to do an inspired artwork that just says "Stop mansplaining." It's perfect. But yeah, um, what's your preference? Do you want to talk about the? I believe it's the original from '84, or yeah. uh, she she was commissioned by MoMA to do it in 1996, and she put those prints. Um, I don't even think um, I was aware of the 96 version. Um, 1984 is the one that I have printed out and I used that. What was There was a website and it's an old website now, but it would take a picture and it would like print things out, like posterized for you on like several sheets. Uh And then I like glued them together and then I like laminated it. So, you know, because teachers do laminate your posters. Um, And copyright violation. So it's kind of funny because like, the poster itself is very inspired, like collage, yeah. you know? And, um, I think I just, I loved the sentiment so much. Um, the original 1984 version, because it's just those like crowds and crowds of people. And it was just so like, there's, that's the key, that sentiment that, that whole, don't be a jerk is kind of like at the heart of I don't know, society and survival. Yeah. Um, it's it's sort of like just the modern day rephrasing of the golden rule, you know, like yeah. do unto others and everything, you know, but it's just like in this like very obvious, like, Burp, there you go. Yeah. And keep I, it in mind, you know, to, to break it down, it, you know, the, yeah. it's a black and white photograph we see of a mm-hmm. crowd of people that, you know, today that makes me shudder because they are like, there is no, <laughs> there's no it's room between people. anybody. <laughs> There's, it's, it is a monoculture there. Um, yes. you know, it, it, 
it's it's an older photograph. It looks like from the little bits you can see of the style of dress, it's a lot of like more formal attire than I would see on the streets yeah. today or even like even 50 years ago. Like it, this would this would seem overly formal, you know, like, yeah, it does yeah. look like 40s kind of thing. Um, I'm looking at like the women's hair and stuff, kind of. Yeah, the, the hair, the the sort of suit jackets and overcoats and just like everybody seems you know, a little bit, um, you know, more formal than, than I've seen in my it, lifetime from a crowd. It's very Where's Waldo, like, yeah. because everything is so compacted together. There's so many people in it that like you, you stand back and you see it as one big like texture. That's like, Oh, it's a crowd. But then if you get close and you look at it, there's like all the little individual people like down in the corner, like, Oh, there's a guy with like a little boater hat. And there's like a woman Looks like she's holding a newspaper. So like yeah. you don't even notice it at first. So it's it's interesting. It it is interesting. And as you as you say, like from from a distance, it just becomes a texture. It just mm-hmm. beca- it, like from a distance, it's this black and white. It looks like a crayon rubbing of a concrete wall or something. It's just that like speckly <gasps> texture. Ooh. But then it's like the composition notebook. It is like the composition it notebook. It is. If you squint your um, eyes and you look yeah. at it, it totally looks like that. Yeah. But then it's got this right. In the center, this bold shock of red, um, a red rectangle with a simple, looks like probably Helvetica type of font, like yeah. simple sans serif, bright, like bold white, don't be a jerk written. Um, for, for today's kids, you yeah. would tell them it looks like the Supreme logo. <laughs> Only it says, don't be a jerk. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's their connection. That's what they would know. <laughs> it, well, it's it's true. Like it, it does have that feel of, um, you know, like, like, like a Snapchat kind of label across the photo. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, yes. It's got that, but this was done long before th- <laughs> those things were in existence. I'd say those things were probably more influenced by Barbara Kruger and her style. Um, yeah. But it is labeling don't be a jerk. And the connection I take to it, obviously, is we're all in this together. You know, mm-hmm. your actions will have impacts on others. Um, and, you know, we want to make sure that message is loud and clear. You know, speaking yeah, of loud it's, and proud. It's funny because I was first drawn to this when I was teaching in the art room, which is going on maybe like 10 years ago or so. Um, yeah. And that's when I hung up in my classroom and I would always tell people like, this is, well, this is my classroom rules poster. Like yeah. it's, it's simple when you boil it down, it's simple. But then when I moved to teaching technology, it came to my new classroom. And then this year I'm in an elementary library and it is hanging up loud and proud in my library space. It has followed me. And it's just funny how, it's almost more relevant now than ever. Like <laughs> we are, we're all in this together. Yeah. And, and it's, it's followed her too, because she, like she made this in like 1984 as a screen print, um, you know, 20 years, uh, no, no, not 20 years, 12 years later. Um, <laughs> math, you know, I, I got a degree in coloring. Okay. Um, got a, got a bachelor's in coloring and my master's in ones oh and zeros. Gosh. I didn't get to, I didn't get to much more. Um, but her, uh, in, in 1996, so 12 years later, she's commissioned by MoMA to, to make this, um, for a campaign that went on like the back of city buses. 
And it's this big, that. like that version has a big eye behind it. And I, I always think of like those psychological studies about how like if you see an eye, you feel like you're being watched and you behave differently. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Like studies have shown people become more, more ethical even if they know, like, it's not like a real surveillance kind of thing, but just seeing an image of an eye as if it's looking out at you, like, they do those old studies of like, okay, will the kids swipe the candy if it's in front of the poster that has the eye and stuff? Yes. Oh, that's so funny. Like, um, as you were saying that, like, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But I had this like weird epiphany, though, because so the two versions of Don't Be a Jerk, the one the one that I was first looking at is one with that crowd with all these people. It almost becomes like abstracted, you know, texture. Yeah. And then this one is just that close up of the eye. So I was just thinking about like the the whole like don't be a jerk, like as a societal thing versus don't be a jerk with just the one eyeball is like just this very personal, like inner thing. But it was interesting because then you pointed out like the, the, the outside yourself effect of, of like someone else looking at you where I looked yeah. at it as like, it's the viewer's eye and you're supposed to look within yourself to not be a jerk. So it's, that's interesting how like it can yeah. go both ways. I'm like, Oh man. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying about, yeah, the, the outside inside. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, are you are you more concerned about other people's judgments or your own judgment of yourself? Uh, mm-hmm. And I guess that's one of those things where as straightforward as her artwork so often is, like yeah. she literally spells it out for you. Mm-hmm. There's still room for interpretation. Um, yeah. still- are you telling other people not to be a jerk or should you really be telling yourself? Yeah, and there's still some some ambiguity there, um, and yeah. in in a way that, like I say, it continues to be relevant. Uh, 2017, so now 20 years later, 21 years later, um, and after that, it was it was print, She was printing it on skateboard decks, um, just big. Don't be a jerk on on the bottom of skateboard decks. I'm going on eBay. What do those go for? I need one. <laughs> I don't know, but. Uh, <laughs> Something. I need a skateboard deck that says don't be a jerk. I know. I, I I don't know that I can get the Barbara Kruger original, but I mean. No, I don't. Reproduction's fine. Yeah. Unless she goes like, I, I, I'd be curious. Now I want to look it up. Because I, I wonder if she goes like a Keith Haring pop shop kind of like this is if for the masses, you know? Yeah. Um, But it is an interesting piece. And I do want to sort of in... Um, in wrapping it up, because I think we're probably getting around that time. My final segment, I always just kind of try to wrap it up with talking about like different purposes of art. Mm-hmm. And I'm wrapping it up. I want just a three-point rating scale. And where should this hang? The Louvre? Is this something to look at? The lab? the lab? Is this something to learn from? Or the Louvre? British for the bathroom. Yeah, there's a the poop joke in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. That's interesting. Okay, so I think based on based on your original metrics, yeah. <laughs> I would probably I would probably say lab because I do think that it it needs to be studied. It's not like just a pretty thing you'd hang above your couch, yeah. which is kind of how I would like with the lube. You know, I'd be like like impressionist landscapes. You know, which we could have a whole other conversation about why Jenny doesn't like those. But uh, <laughs> I would love but, to have that conversation. I. <laughs> We we could be right. here. We could be here for days. It's scandalous because we're from Chicago, where they all exist. Um. So, um. But I think that in the in the lab, because I feel like this 
almost like it needs to be on like a billboard right now. Like it needs to be out there for all of society. Like it needs the most exposure possible. I feel like it's, it's more of a, it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not political activism, but social, there's social relevance and, 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 uh, stuff to it that I think that needs to be. Yeah. Well, what I I think it would easily stand out now. It looks just as modern as ever. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think what I find really interesting about it, and I would, I would also put it in the lab. Um, I got, I got to say as much as I like this piece and the more I study Barbara Kruger and the more I've heard from her, the more I like, you know, um, Mm -hmm. she just, she, she seems like a really cool person with a lot of ideals that I can be on board with. Um, and, I, I definitely appreciate that. Aesthetically, I, I got to be honest, I never really liked her work. I honestly didn't look into her much until you mentioned her because mm-hmm. I always looked at her work and it was just like, oh, I don't like collages. This is like just a paste up. This is text on on a, a found image. And nice. Like, you okay. know, like I it's just stylistically, it's not what I make, it's not what I'm drawn to. And, you know, I don't mean that in a way that's dismissive, but like, I think that's the case for a lot of people. I would, I would say that if we did an overall average, most people I think would feel that way. Yeah. But agreed. But but it is one of those things that like the ideas behind it, I find really interesting. And, you know, the way that Mm -hmm. she has developed her craft, um, I think what what's most interesting to me is so much of her work is treading this like ultra fine line where you talked you talked about how it's something for today it would resonate today it would resonate like mm-hmm. it's it's well over 30 years old and it would still resonate which in some ways is kind of sad that we still need this lesson <laughs> decades later you know yeah but but at the same time, what I think about is her work is political, very mm-hmm. much so. And at the same time, mm-hmm. with a piece like this, it doesn't matter what your politics are. You can kind of get okay. behind it. You know what that I mean? It's not necessarily polarizing it's not, in the traditional sense. Yes, it is not polarizing. Like, you know, so much stuff that is political art, people on the left love it or people on the right love it, but they don't agree yeah. on it. Whereas this is yeah. a message that left, right, or center, I think we can all agree. Don't be a jerk. I would hope so. I would yeah. hope so. I would hope so. You would hope. You know? You would hope. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think that's a, a good Let's let's end it with a message of hope. I think that seems like a good spot to end on. So as, as we are talking yeah. and on the eve of the big election, yeah. yes, let's end yeah. this with hope. So thank you mm-hmm. for not being a jerk and taking time to help <laughs> me out. I, I I really appreciate your taking the time to to meet with me, and it was wonderful talking to you. Thank you. That, no no problem. <laughs> this was this was really fun actually. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted. If you found this tolerable, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week in the show notes on Twitter at WoodArtEd and the website whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done. <laughs>